invite you to take out your Bible um, and turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. Been having these sermons on prayer, and um, two weeks ago we talked about listening to God in prayer, last week asking God in prayer. Um, Today we're going to talk about praying with faith. I'm going to start reading in verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves, and he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you've turned it into a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard him and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. Now when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out into the city. And in the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Now this is a fig tree that the previous day Jesus had cursed. Peter, remembering and said to Jesus, remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you have cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Uh, It's inspiring to be around people who have great faith and who pray a lot. I have an aunt a dear relative of mine who is who is like that, uh, and and many times I've heard this story from my aunt. We were in desperate need. We were in desperate need. We needed God to provide for us. We prayed, and God God provided. We were depending on Him, and He provided. I've heard that story many a times. Maybe there is someone that you know that is like that who says similar things to you, just confident in prayer. Uh, They know something. God is active all the time, and God wants us to pray to him so that he can answer our prayers. This is the essence of of faith, believing that God wants us to pray because he wants to answer us and uh, give to us what we need. Hebrews chapter 11 is one of the go-to chapters on faith. And I want to read two verses from Hebrews 11. The first Verses is this, verse 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, what we are longing to receive. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. And then just a few verses later, verse 6, it says that, um, it says this, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. 
Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, but also something else, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith in Hebrews chapter 11 is about receiving. Faith is not just believing in God, but believing that God will reward you when you seek him. In fact, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that's the only right way to come to God. Believe that he rewards those who seek him. Faith includes this confidence that we will receive from the Lord. Now, it's interesting what Jesus says. Let's talk about this story from Mark. It's interesting what Jesus says as he enters the the outer courts of the temple. Um, That's that's the location where he sees all the the money changers and and people buying and selling. Um, So he he goes into the the outer courts. It's it's just before the Passover. And uh, in verse 17, we, we, we hear Jesus say something. He digs this scripture out from the prophet Jeremiah. And he says... Uh, To the crowds, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. My house will be a a house of prayer for all nations. What what, uh, Was that a scripture that just kind of happened to pop into Jesus' mind at the moment? No. He's, He's calling on this deep truth, this deep conviction that he has and that he shares with God, his heavenly Father. God, and, that's, and it's this. God wants to be known by all people and pray to by all people and to provide for all people. That's why Jesus says, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. He's saying, and Jeremiah talks about this, that in, in, in the temple, it'll be a house of prayer and, and and, and the, the prayers of the people, when they offer them with faith from their hearts, it'll be like sacrifices lifting up to the Lord. And those prayers will be received by God. So what Jesus is condemning in this verse is he's condemning um, how over time the, you know, the sacrifices offered in the, the, the temple... Uh, were twisted into some complex legalistic structure that was requiring money changing and purchasing and likely uh, also including profit, profiteering um, by those doing the selling. So Jesus' bottom line is this. My Heavenly Father and I are in complete agreement. We want people to pray, and we want people to expect God to honor their prayers. So there's this, this uh, scene in this story about the fig tree. In Mark 11, Jesus and his, and his disciples, they walk by this, this shriveled up fig tree. It's shriveled up because the prior day, Jesus said to the fig tree, may you never produce fruit again. And he wasn't doing it because he didn't like the fig tree. He was using it as an object lesson. See, the fig tree represented this old pattern of religion uh, that was prescribed and followed by many of the Jews at that time, that, that was really without faith and without heart. And it was no longer bearing fruit. And Jesus came to show that there is a new way of faith, and that was putting people putting their faith in him. And that new way of faith would be the one that bears fruit. So he said a prayer to that fig tree, well, to God, about that fig tree, may you never bear fruit again. And the plant 
withered. And so as the disciples and Jesus walk by the tree the next day, it's all shriveled. What do the disciples think? Do they think, well, of course it's withered because Jesus said this prayer yesterday. No, it doesn't seem like that at all. It seems like they're shocked, right? Oh my gosh, Jesus, you said that thing about this tree yesterday and look at it now. It's, it's, all, it's all shriveled. They sound astonished, don't they? And so Jesus says to them, hey, have faith in God. Have faith in God. What is he saying? He's saying, believe that God hears us when we pray. Believe that God is incredibly active in the world and that he regularly responds with his divine power in response to the prayers that we offer up to him. And then Jesus makes this staggering verse in verse 24. I want us to look at this, this promise again in verse 24. Then he says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. What? What? Okay, what what does Jesus mean when he says to pray and believe? What is this praying with faith that Jesus talks about? So we're going to look at... We're going to look at three things that I that that praying with faith is not, and then we're going to look at three things that praying with faith is. And at the end, I, I, I don't think we're going to be able to say, "Oh, we've got this all figured out," like, like we've mastered this, like it's a you know, it's it's something for us to dissect with our brains. Rather, my aim at the end, my hope at the end, is that. Um, that we will be inspired to pray even more so that God will hear our prayers and will answer them, okay? That's all right. Not to have this all figured out in our minds, but that we would be inspired to pray more. So let's talk about what praying with faith is not. One, if you want to write in your notes in the bulletin, you can do this. A prayer of faith is not an arrogant expectation that our prayers obligate God, or that our prayer will obligate God, okay? Um, and it's, it's easy, it's, it's easy to, to think through this a little bit and to see how our prayers don't obligate God. For example, what if prayers are conflicting prayers? Uh, you, you know, one person prays, God, oh, please let it be a sunny day because we've got all these outdoor plans and it will just ruin them if it, if it rains. And then his neighbor is praying, oh, God, please let it rain today because my grass is dying and I needed it to rain. Conflicting prayers, right? Um, C.S. Lewis writes this about how our prayers cannot, and we know that they cannot obligate God. He says, every war, every famine or plague, almost every deathbed is the monument to a petition that that was not granted. We can just think through how it, it, it can't be true that, that our prayers just obligate God to answer them in exactly how we prayed. And if God were obligated to our prayer, we should be terrified. <laughs> we should be thank, thankful that God is not obligated to our prayer because, one... Uh, we very well could be asking for the wrong things. And if God were obligated to our prayers, then we would be receiving those wrong things, and that should terrify us. Or two, other people could be praying for the wrong things for us, and we would receive them. So thank God that he's not obligated to 
our prayers. It's not difficult for us to realize that when Jesus says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. He's not saying, okay, here's a blank check. You can, you can write whatever you want down and God's going to have to give it to you. And we know that. But because of that, here's another thing about praying with faith. Prayer of faith, it does not equal prayer without anxiety. And some people will say this. Some people will say, if you do not receive what you have asked for, that means you did not pray with enough faith. That means you doubted. That means you are worried and anxious, and God saw that you you didn't have enough faith, and so he didn't give you what you asked for. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. There's a story that I mentioned last week, um, and it's somewhat a parallel to this story that we just read. It's another time when Jesus uses this, this, uh, this, this phrase of prayer the size of a mustard seed will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. At the time that Jesus says it. And uh, it comes from Matthew chapter 17. A man comes to Jesus so that he could heal his demon-possessed son. The man already has asked Jesus' disciples to, to cast out the demon. They couldn't do it. And, and, um, and Jesus um, Jesus says this statement, all it takes is... Faith, not mountain-sized faith, but it just takes faith the size of a mustard seed to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it, and it will move. Just a tiny amount of faith. And that's good because that's all the faith that the man, the father, has. So Jesus tells the father, everything is possible if you believe. Earlier in, in, in Mark, as Mark tells the same story, Mark writes, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but then help me overcome my unbelief. So he's not coming to Jesus. Uh, he's not coming to Jesus bold, like, I, I, there's no worry in me, Jesus. I know that you're going to heal my son. No, there's, there's, some, there's some anxiety in him. I do believe, but help me, help me with, with this unbelief in me. I want my son to be healed, and I hope you'll heal him, Jesus. He doesn't know what's going to happen, and Jesus heals his son. Jesus says, that belief that you did have, even with your unbelief, that was enough. Why? Because it just takes a mustard seed amount of faith. C.S. Lewis says to live in a fully predictable world. And, and that, that's, a, that's a world where God's obligated to our prayers, right? If, if, if God had to give us everything that we asked for, then, then we live in a fully predictable world. <laughs> um, and C.S. Lewis says to live in a fully predictable world, that is not to be human. And because it's not predictable, there will be some anxiety. And C.S. Lewis even goes so far to say, you know, that the, the worry that, that, we, that, we, that we feel, man, that's just, that's human. That's being human. 
It's part of the human affliction. And then he points to what you might be thinking in your mind. Yeah, there was that time when Jesus himself prayed, the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prays, surely in faith, Father, not my will but yours, but, oh, Father, my prayer is that if there is another way for a man's salvation to be accomplished other than by me taking on all of your wrath for the sins of humanity, please, can we, can we do something else? Certainly he was praying in faith, and the Gospels report that Jesus, as he's praying that, he is full of anguish. He's full of anguish. He was full of mental and emotional anguish. So praying in faith doesn't mean that you have to just conjure up all kinds of courage and force yourself to say, I'm not anxious, I'm not anxious, I'm not worried, I'm not, I, I, you know, it's not mental gymnastics that you have to perform to pray with faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed, Jesus says. Third thing that the prayer of faith is not, it is never self-magnifying. It can be self-focused, but not self-magnifying. Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. That's, that's self-focused. Or maybe it's focused on your family. My family needs our daily bread. Or maybe for the, you know, the neighbors down the street, their daily bread. But, but it can be self-focused, just not self-magnifying. Self-magnifying prayer is praying for something that diminishes your dependency on God. Help me be so comfortable that I am no longer dependent on you in prayer. That's self-magnifying. I say that prayer of faith is never self-magnifying because of verse 25. Let's look at verse 25. Uh, Jesus says, kind of ends this story, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. See, Jesus connects forgiving others with God forgiving you. And he does this on multiple occasions. He says this on multiple occasions. In another time, Jesus teaches that our debt to God is so great. It's so great. And God is willing to forgive that great debt when we ask humbly for his forgiveness. And therefore, if we were to refuse someone else forgiveness because of some way that they have offended us, that indicates that we truly haven't gone to God, gone to God and accepted his grace and asked for, for the forgiveness of our sins. Somehow we are failing to see our complete dependency on God for our salvation. And Jesus says the, the, the only way to come to God in prayer is when you know your complete dependency upon God and do not try to get out of your dependency on God. So those are three things that I think praying of faith is not. Let's talk about what praying with faith is. One, prayer of faith is is confident in God's faithfulness. So think about that, that statement Jesus says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. That's where our faith is. It's in God. Have faith in God's faithfulness is another way of seeing that. Uh, David uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, that, that famous preacher in, in England, um, former pastor of London's Westminster Chapel, 
This is what he wrote about praying with faith. He says, faith is holding on to the faithfulness of God. And as long as you do that, you cannot go wrong. So faith does not look at difficulties. Faith does not look at itself or at the person who is exercising it. Faith doesn't look at at myself and say, oh, boy, how strong my faith is. Faith looks at God. Faith is interested in God only, and it talks about God, and it praises God, and it extols the virtues of God. It looks to the virtues of God. He says, the strength of your faith will be measured by how faithful you believe God is. So the key is to realize that prayer and faith, that prayer doesn't do anything. It's not that prayer that can move that mountain. It's God that can move the mountain. It's Jesus who moves the mountain, and we put our faith in Jesus. So it's important to realize that the reason we pray to Jesus is because he's the one who can do the miracles. So pray for them. Pray for those mountains. Pray for the miracles. John Newton, I love this, this, um, this, this part of a hymn or part of a, a, a poem that John Newton wrote. Um, we, don't, we don't sing it, but you've, you've probably heard it. It's just a great little phrase. Um, you know, John Newton is the guy who, who wrote the words to Amazing Grace. Well, he also writes this, Thou art coming to a king. About prayer, right? Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such that none can ever ask too much. Can't ever ask too much because we're coming to a king. So true praying and faith resists thinking, oh, if only, if only I believe more. Or if only I had more faith and less doubt. Or only if I just pray this over and over and over and over again and get the words right and click my heels three times and do this and that, then maybe, no, it's not you. It's God. God is the one who moves the mountain. You don't need a mountain load of faith. You just need a mustard seed amount of faith in the one who can move mountains. Uh, Next thing about prayer of faith. Prayer of faith is deeply rooted in our needs. Jesus says to ask, ask. Yes, there are other important things about prayer that we've talked about. Listening to God, of course. Thanking God, praising God, all important in prayer. But God wants us to ask. He wants us to come to him as the one who can provide for our needs. And sometimes I think we can wonder, is it just too selfish for me to come to God for this? Listen, let God sort that out, will you? God will not condemn you for asking for a wrong thing. Um, we have to realize that we honor God when we come to him in prayer. We honor God. I want to read uh, this from Psalm 50, uh, verses 14 and 15. It talks about you know, things that we would expect God to be honored by, sacrifices, right? The, you know, think of the, 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 the Old Testament Hebrew people offering sacrifices to God. Um, and uh, this is what God tells his people. Sacrifice, think offerings to God. Yes. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. Yes. And, what does God say? And call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. And by doing so, you will 
honor me. Isn't that great? Call on me in the day of trouble. What is that? That's that prayer of faith. When you have that distressing need, call out to the Lord. When you're sick and need of healing, call out to the Lord. When you're, when you're underemployed and the bills are piling up, call out to the Lord when your children are distressed. Any parent knows if your child is distressed, you're distressed. Call out to the Lord in that day of trouble because it honors God when we do that. You honor God. You don't burden him. You honor God when you call upon him. And the last thing about praying of faith, prayer of faith, trust God. Prayer of faith trusts that God is not ignoring our prayer. See, sometimes there can be silence on the other end of the prayer, can't there be? There can be silence. Um, and, and that is not God ignoring your prayer. That likely is God giving you the opportunity to pray with faith, to believe, to believe in him. You see, if all of our prayers were followed by immediate fulfillment, then we would live in that world of pre- predictability. And a world of predictability requires no faith whatsoever. Neither does it require faith, it doesn't produce faith. And if that were the case, if we were living in this predictable world where we just pray and stuff happens, then what its prayer becomes just becomes the vending machine. Put something in, get something out. Or the computer code, you know, write the right code and you get the right output. But that is not prayer. God will have us live by faith. And so sometimes God has us wait so that we can live by faith and not depend on his answers. And, and uh, boy, I've been there when, when there's been that silence on the other end of the prayer. And my thought is this. If you don't feel God's presence in your prayers, don't give up. That's the thought. Don't give up. God wants us to hope in him, not hope in our feelings, not hope in some emotional experience when we pray. That is not our hope. Our hope is not that we feel God when we pray. That is not our hope. Our hope is in God himself. And if you are not feeling moved in your praying, and that's okay, say to the Lord, Lord, I thank you that you are keeping me from becoming attached to my emotions. And you have given me this opportunity to show my faith in you. And believe that God hears your prayers and he will answer you. And if you find that doubt creeping in, I want you to consider, I want you to consider this. What's the alternative? Well, the alternative to God hearing your prayers no matter what, because he says he will, the alternative is to believe that God is just leaving you hanging because either he doesn't really care about your prayers or that he's not even there in the first place. That's your alternative. <laughs> Part of faith is choosing how you will see the world. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong when I say that. Part of faith is choosing to believe in a certain way. I fully believe that God, that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Just like Hebrews chapter 12 says, our faith is a gift from God. God gives us the gift of faith. I firmly believe that. But part of faith is saying, this is how I'm going to see the world. This is how I'm going to believe. I'm going to consider the alternative 
and I reject it, and I'm going to believe what God says. That's part of faith. So you can believe what God says, that everything is going to be all right because God says it's going to be all right. Or you can wonder, listen, am I just going to crash and burn? (laughs) Jesus taught, believe the first way. Jesus, Jesus said, think this about the world. Think, think about, the, the, think about the, 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 the birds and the, and the flowers, Jesus says. There's two ways to view things. One is that the birds are just all on their own. Birds live one day, they rummage around for food, maybe they don't find it, and they die. That's one way to view the world. Flowers, yeah, some sprout out here, some sprout out there, who knows, and then they die. That's one way to view the world. Jesus says, I want you to see things differently. Jesus offers us a much bigger way of seeing the world. He says, what does he say? You know what he says. Look at the birds of the air. From from Matthew chapter 6, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet they're here because your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And see how the flowers of the fields grow. It's not just kind of randomly happening. No, they don't, the flowers aren't doing anything by themselves. Yet, I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if this is how God closed the grass of the field, here today, gone tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? What about the weather? Is it, what is, is it, you know, El Nino causes this, La Nino causes that, or weather just happened? No, not according to Jesus. Jesus says, he, God, causes his son to rise. His son, get that, it's God's son. God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sins Rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus is clear. It's God's Son. It belongs to Him to do His purpose. See, Jesus wants us to believe in a world that is so governed and sustained by God's hand. Jesus wants us to know and believe that God is work everywhere, and you can believe that. Or you can believe that it's all just a crapshoot, and you never know what's going to happen, and it's all just fate, or it's all just karma, or good luck. Or it's God, and God wants you to pray to him. That's what Jesus wants us to believe. So you can choose to think, God answering prayer, can't count on it, no guarantees. Listen, if you choose to believe that way, to, if you choose to see prayer in that way, if you, if, you, if you choose not to trust what Jesus says about prayer, then you cannot trust what Jesus says about anything. Or you can say, no, I'm going to go by what Jesus says. And he says, have faith, and I'm going to believe in his goodness, and I'm going to believe that God is going to give to me what is the best, and if what I am praying for isn't the best, that is not what God is going to give to me. The issue is, do you believe Jesus? Listen to his voice. He tells me that a prayer that is directed toward God with faith, even the size of a tiny mustard seed, will move that mountain. And it may not move all at once. 
It may move a little bit at a time, but you keep listening to Jesus and believing in Jesus and looking to Jesus and praying to Jesus, and that mountain will be moved. Let's pray. Jesus, we believe in you. We worship you. We look to you. You are our hope. Our life depends on you. Without your breath of life, breathing in our bodies, we're just dust. But you sustain us. And you are good to us. Help us to believe in you. Help us to look to you when we're going through the the difficult moments. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. We worship you. We turn to you. We pray that we pray those mountain moving prayers, Lord. Strengthen our trust. Help us to come to you in prayer. Even now, even now, we turn to you in prayer. Amen.